and welcome to Crying on My Yoga Mat. My name is JD, and this podcast is all about building a community where, alongside amazing guests, we have real conversations about the low lows, celebrate the highs, and everything in between. I know what it's like to go through life feeling stuck and powerless to do anything about it. Here, you'll meet yourself where you are and learn tangible tools to help you become who you want to be while honoring the journey. You've gotten this far, so let's keep going together. Take a deep breath and let's go. In this episode, our guest is my friend and nutritionist, Meg DeYoung. Meg is a registered holistic nutritionist who specializes in nutrition for anxiety and gut health, which is very much the reason that I went to her. She is also an avid gardener and creator of simple whole food recipes. She works with one-on-one clients, hosts monthly online workshops, and offers online courses. Meg lives on Salt Spring Island in a tiny cabin with her partner, and in her spare time, you can find her growing veggies in her garden or making new recipes in her kitchen. Meg is an incredible human being. She is so soft, so kind, so caring. And in this episode, we talk about the benefits of self-nourishing in more ways than just with our nutrition. And we also talk about how life really keeps on going no matter what age or stage we're at. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Hi, JD. Oh, I'm so excited to be doing this because you are someone who knew about the podcast before it started. You're an yeah. absolute OG with it. So it's nice to actually have you on the show now come to fruition. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I got to say, I do feel very honored to have known about the podcast and kind of like seen the behind the scenes and the works. And now it's like fully in fruition and it's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful to be here. Uh, I love. And for everyone listening, the behind the scenes is, hey, JD, you should probably like stop being such a perfectionist and like start on that thing that you keep talking about. What's your progress <laughs> this week, JD? I'm like, sh- shut up, Meg. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, So how do you want to describe yourself today to our audience? Yes. So today, there's a few different things. So I would say the first first things first is, um, well, my name is Megan, and I'm a holistic nutritionist, which you know all about that that kind of stuff. Um, So some of the more deep, intimate stuff, I would say I'm a very a highly sensitive being. Um, and I would also describe myself as someone with like a very kind, compassionate heart, which I think, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit too, too worried about all, you know, like take, take on a lot of, a lot of things there. Um, and the other thing that's kind of coming to my mind is I feel like I mean, as I'm sure many people can relate, 2021 was definitely a bit of a tough year, especially for me in like the first five months or so. I just felt like super like heavy from the world and, you know, things that were going on. And I felt like I was like really internalizing a lot of 
pressures and stress. And it was just like, I didn't have like, um, I didn't get to see my family for the holidays and like so many different things like that. So I felt like I was just like putting all of my eggs in one basket and just being like, as you mentioned, perfectionism and things like that. And I was really like kind of caught up in like, okay, how's my business doing? How much of this have I sold? And like, oh, do people like me? And like, it was just like, it was too much. And I think, yeah, it was really cool. About like one month, it was exactly one month before my 28th birthday. I had this like aha moment. And I was just like, holy, like I have just been so hard on myself for this past year. And like, I can remember it was actually the first day I was driving to Fairy Creek and, and like, you know, like down the logging roads with my partner and, and like, I was just like sitting there quietly, like in the forest. And I just like had that moment where I was like, okay, something's going to change. And so I, from, from then on, I mean, it hasn't been perfect, but I feel like I've really just sort of been on this quest in the past, like eight months now to, to kind of just like let go a lot of that, like you said, perfectionism and just like pressure and, and things like that, that we can so easily put on themselves. So I feel like to answer your question, how I'd like to describe myself is someone that's just like a little bit more self-loving and free and has a lot less pressure on themselves than I used to. Ah, yes. Oh, celebrate that. We're going to take a, we're going to take a deep breath. We're going to be like, and celebrate. Cause I know that that's not easy, especially because you are, I mean, such a helper, such a giver. And also that is reflected in your profession and you are both of those things every single second when you are working and when you are being that person for your clients. Thanks, JD. So you said that it was during that drive to Fairy Creek Blockade that you had that realization. And was that kind of your first step away from work for a while? Because I know that you were like, okay, I'm going offline for a bit to do this. Was that one of the first times in a while where you'd actually logged off? Ooh, good question. I would say so. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like occasionally I'll just get these like moments of inspiration where I'll just be like, I'll just be like, okay, well, I really need to like stop posting on Instagram and I'll take a break for like five days or three days or whatever. But I think like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't ever log off for like too long. Um, but enough that it felt like, yeah, just like step away and like focus on something else. And like I said, I felt like with, with, uh, you know, the lockdowns and everything, it got so easy. I also live in a 250 square foot cabin, as you know, with my partner. So it's like, you can kind of just like get lost in your own little world and, and whatnot. So it's, it felt really good to, yeah, like you said, take a step back and step away and look at the other parts of the world and, and parts of me too, you know, and things like that I love. So. Oh, absolutely. I would love if you're willing, if you could give like a really short synopsis of what's going on at Fairy Creek for our non-British Columbian listeners. Yeah, great question. So the Fairy Creek blockades are blockades that have been put in place over a year now uh, to protect the remaining 2.5-2.7% of old growth forest that we have left here in British Columbia. And it's just a super inspiring space where people from all across the world are coming together to protect these forests, put their bodies on the lines, you know, stand up for Indigenous rights, stand up for the forest. Yeah. And just, and really, really come together for this very important cause. And it was super inspiring to be a part of. And now that it's winter, I do believe things have settled down because they can't log at this time of year, but I have no doubt things will get going again in the spring until these forests are protected. People are so dedicated to it. It's really beautiful. Yeah. For those outside of our local area, definitely look it up, see what you can do to support because we need year round help with this because it's not okay. (laughs) 
Absolutely. It's heartbreaking. It really is. Speaking of heartbreaking, let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. (laughs) Meg, what is one of your crying on your yoga mat moments? Amazing. Okay. First of all, I got to say best podcast name I've ever heard. And I'm not just saying that. I think this is such a beautiful concept and I'm very excited to, to get into sharing my crying on the yoga mat experience. Um, I gotta be honest, I've had many. Um, I, uh, yeah, I struggled a lot, uh, with anxiety growing up, like from a very young age and it was around the age of 14. I was diagnosed with an eating disorder. I, um, ended up going on anti-anxiety medication just to kind of like get me through high school, um, because my anxiety was quite, quite bad. And I was at that point refusing any form of treatment or support. I was just like, I hate this. I just want to be a normal teenager. Um, so anyways, that's a little bit of the backstory, but my most, you know, recent crying on the yoga mat story, um, probably was around five years ago, again, where, where things really shifted. Um, and actually it's probably longer than five years ago. Now that I think about it, I'm getting older, <laughs> um, but it was, uh, I was just about to finish university. So I studied at UBC, um, for kinesiology. And, um, at this point, I kind of, when I went into university, I decided to go off my anti-anxiety medication because I wasn't feeling so anxious anymore. And, um, it was really, really helpful. I did, I went to therapy. I started yoga. I was like, you know, really on this quest to like, kind of, awaken myself to like my body and my mind and and really understand some of these issues that I had that when I was really young, I didn't want to face like, you know, my body image stuff and my, you know, fear of pending doom and anxiety and anxious thoughts and lack of self-love and all of that stuff. So throughout university, I'd, I'd been really focusing on that. And at points I was, you know, doing really great and I loved my life and it was awesome. There were also like a lot of like really low points and, you know, points where I was just, struggling a lot. And it was interesting because I was in fourth year university and my anxiety seemed to get worse and worse and worse to the point where like I was going to talk therapy. And I think my therapist kind of was just like, I don't think I can handle you anymore. Like it was kind of like, yeah, it was really hard. Like we just like, like kind of stopped doing it. And I was like feeling very low to the point where, um, I didn't know it at the time, but I was struggling a lot with like OCD thoughts. So just like really, really afraid of like leaving my house, afraid of, you know, what, like what I would think, what I would do. Like, it was just like very debilitating to the point where like, I, I, I was terrified that I was kind of like losing my mind. Like I didn't know. And, um, yeah, I just remember it was like during exam time. And I, I just felt like at this point where I was just I didn't know where to go anymore. And I remember just walking out of the library because I was studying for exams and I just like couldn't focus because I felt like, you know, for lack of a better word, I, I really was losing my mind and I just didn't, I, everything, all of my thoughts were so dissociated from my reality. And I just like, I didn't really know how to go forward. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where you just kind of like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like I just yeah, it's, it's really, really awful. And so anyways, I got out of the library and I just remember lying on the grass. So it wasn't my yoga mat. It was the grass <laughs> and I just was like bawling. And it was like, in a way it was like a really beautiful experience because it was such a like a release. And also I think like, you know, for anyone who struggled with anxiety and is listening to this, like, um, I think we can all kind of relate to that mind when you aren't in that anxious state, you can kind of get some perspective and you're like, oh, okay. Like those, sometimes those things, I think like 
that's just like my mind or that's just my anxiety. And that's like not who I am. And I feel like that was like my biggest like lesson through my anxiety is just like, we're not our thoughts. We're not our mind. We're not even our bodies. Like we are something so much deeper. And so like, even in that awful, you know, time where I just felt so lost and alone and afraid and scared of my mind pretty much. Like I did also almost like tap into the sense of like, this is scary and I I don't know where I'm going and what's going on, but I do know that like, this isn't necessarily all who I am. Like humans, you know, we, we really are like spiritual beings and, and things like that. So it was this beautiful sensation, even though it was awful. And I, yeah, I just kind of like lied on the grass for a really long time bawling. <laughs> and, um, but then it was from there. I remember calling my parents, which was like a, a really huge breakthrough for me because I think when I struggled so much through high school, I didn't talk to my parents about anything. Like I just, they would try to put me in therapy or, you know, get me support with the eating disorder. And I just like refused everything. I was like a bratty teenager that was like, I don't, I don't need help. I don't want help. And, you know, they were really worried about me. And so I think it was like in that moment where I was like, okay, like I, I need help and I need help from my parents. And, and I think they were just like, so relieved to hear it. And, um, I ended up talking to my aunt, who's actually like a child psychologist, and she recommended I go to cognitive behavioral therapy, so CBT, which like that really changed my life. So it was kind of from the like the depths of the low of the low, where I'm just like, I don't know how I can go forward anymore with with this anxiety. And um, yeah, it's really hard to explain. I, if anyone else has struggled with OCD, I'm sure you'll you'll kind of like know what I'm I'm talking about. But it's it's a sense of just like really being afraid of your thoughts and, and really like feeling, thinking these super unaligned things, or like you kind of have like compulsions in your mind, but you're not going to, you're not going to do it, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really interesting. So anyways, well, I want to get into that because I think something yeah. that gets connected to OCD so infrequently is the obtrusive or sorry, the intrusive thoughts. Yes. That's such a massive part of what makes up OCD is those intrusive thoughts and people laugh and make jokes and it's like, oh, I like to be clean. No, like I like to be clean because I think if I don't, somehow my baby's going to be harmed. Totally. Yes, that's totally it. Those intrusive thoughts where they, you know, really come out of nowhere and, and um, you know, people who... I mean, don't have anxiety, uh, which I feel like there's very few people these days. I think most people are struggling with anxiety to some degree or another. But you know, say say someone doesn't, you know, really struggle with it too much. Um, like we all have intrusive thoughts, and that's something I really learned. But the thing is, those who do struggle with anxiety, whether it be OCD or another form of anxiety, like especially with OCD, it's like these intrusive thoughts take over, and and you think like, oh my goodness, I thought that I'm a horrible person. Something bad's gonna happen to me. Like like the example you gave, like whatever it might be. So I think that's, I'm so glad you brought that to light where it's like, it's true. And if we don't have the awareness and the understanding uh, that, which I didn't, I had no idea what was going on at the time. You know, I was just like, I'm losing my mind. That's that. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. You're just sitting there thinking I'm so young and my brain is just gone. Exactly. Like, Exactly. <laughs> I know for for myself, when I first started to get stomach issues years ago, I just, I felt like my body and my brain were betraying me. Yes, that's, that's it. Exactly. You just feel like, who, what are these, what is going on? And, and you feel like, yeah, you're not aligned. And 
um, yeah, there almost is that sense of betrayal, like you said, where it's just like, this is weird. This isn't who I am. What's going on? Like what's taking over me? You know, it's, it's really scary. Yeah. And it's, we, something that Ryan, my husband and I uh, talk about all the time is the fact that we were never pre-warned how much physical change there is in the body in your twenties and adulthood. We're like, oh yeah, you go through growth and then that's it. But you keep changing. (laughs) And it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, my body is betraying me. But it's like, it's just another evolution in who you are. But I hear you. Yes. No, it's so true. And I feel like um, that was something that I fell in love with. Uh, So I used to kind of continue on my story. Um, After I really, you know, went to cognitive behavioral therapy and like started to get an understanding of my anxiety and like not, not feel like I need to run from this. And it was like something that I was like, so ready to work through. Um, it's actually during that time where I, I just like kind of had this, like another aha moment, I guess. And it's really cool. Cause I feel like most of the things in my life, like being someone who's struggled a lot with anxiety, I second doubt, like almost everything I do to a certain degree. I'm a lot better now, but I used to be like, you know, everything like, Oh, I don't know, like what to have for dinner, or <laughs> whatever it might be, you know? Um, but like the things in my life that I didn't think about, they've definitely just been like the most like intuitive, like, I'm just going to do this. Like, for example, I grew up in Ontario and from the age of 15, I decided I wanted to go to UBC and like, who knows why? Like I had an aunt and uncle that lived here, but other than that, it was just like, and like, everyone was like, what? Like, you're not going to actually go there. Like that's across the country. And I was just like, nope, I'm going. And like, it was like one of the few schools I applied to. And I had no idea what I was getting into, but it was like one of those things where something else took over me. And it was like, you, you just got to do this, you know? And I love my life on the West coast. And then the same was true. Once I was, you know, in, um, really understanding my anxiety and, and working through it, uh, this like moment came where it's like, I need to go to the Canadian school of natural nutrition, which is where I studied holistic nutrition. And it was just like, yeah, it was just such a clear thing where like at that moment, I probably like it, where this, the state of my mind, I was, I was feeling quite anxious, but it was like one of these clear things where I was just like, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm just doing this, you know? And so to, to answer kind of, or to go back to your point there of like that body mind, you know, our shifts in our bodies, like all of that kind of stuff. I feel like that's what I, I love. I love learning about the body and about nutrition and the impact that all has. And I think it's like, the knowledge just gives us so much power and support for what we're going through. Cause you're so right. Our bodies do change so much in our twenties and they're going to do that for the rest of our life. Like we're growing, we're evolving, we're aging, we're, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily need to be this awful process. It can be like beautiful and fun and inspiring, but it's like, it takes some work and understanding around it, you know? Yes. I am addicted to your point of the fact that like you were crying on the grass. You're like, oh my gosh, life is this. But you're also like, hmm, here's this spark of an idea that I want to cling to and that part of me really loves. Because that is just the most blatant evidence that not everything is everything. So yeah, you were Mm -hmm. devastated and so much was downtrodden and feeling overwhelmed but you still had that small part of yourself that was like, no, but I'm sure about this. We can follow this piece of me. And you looked at that and you're like, yeah, let's build on that. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I think like, you know, 
in a world where we have like endless possibilities and in today's day, I think we, we all face like a lot of overwhelm where it's like, mm. holy, like I can do a lot of different things. And that's like a lot of time when their anxiety can creep in or yeah. limiting beliefs, our self doubt, <laughs> all of this stuff. And I think, you know, for anyone who's in that kind of position of like, I don't know where to go next in my life, or they're, they're having their crying on the yoga mat experience right now. Like, yeah, you, we don't need to figure it all out at that moment. You know, it's like, if there's like one simple thing we can do and it can literally do this, it doesn't even have to be that like, Oh, I'm going to go to this school or whatever. It could just be as simple as like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to call this friend or I'm going to, you know, like whatever it kind of does pop in her head. Like I, I think it's really cool. And there's actually, um, that, that made me think, uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of Mel Robbins? Oh yeah, absolutely. Have you ever heard of her? Yeah, she's really she has like the five second rule. Yeah. For anyone who who's listening and doesn't know, they definitely look it up where where she has this idea where like if you count backwards from five, like five, four, three, two, one, and you just like get up and like think of yourself as like launching like a rocket ship and just like do the thing because like any time after that, if we debate or debilitate too long, like we will, you know, get get stopped in our tracks and and doubt ourselves and not do the thing or like not like you said pick that one thing and just be like, okay, I'm doing that. So I think that's really helpful. (laughs) I love that. There's so much middle ground that doesn't get talked about. So many beginnings where what we talk about is the first step, but not necessarily the second or third step. So you called your parents, you had this idea of what you wanted to do maybe next career wise. What was some of the things that actually got you there? Because it's so easy to be like, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. But actually getting the help consistently, actually carrying through with your course load is a totally different thing. Yes, it's so true. Yeah, it's one thing to to want to do something, another thing to actually do it, right? And yeah, I think at the end of the day, it sort of just came down to me, to the fact that like I... I was done like living paralyzed by my anxiety, you know? And, and I think it like also sometimes, sometimes in life, the things we love are really hard and sometimes they're really easy. And, and I'm learning that now, like, I feel like with nutrition school, it actually felt super like aligned and it, it, it wasn't actually that hard to just like, to, to do it and just like get in because like, I loved it so much. And I think I've always felt really safe and comfortable in school because it was kind of like all that we'd ever know, you know, um, which I guess could, could bring me to, uh, more like a, my other point, which is like, sometimes things are really hard where it was like, it was really easy for me to not really easy, but I really enjoyed school. It was just kind of like, I loved going to class. I was, you know, serving part-time and it, I just like was busy and I was kind of like in that like flow state, but it was after I graduated school where, I I guess I could say I had another crying on the yoga mat experience where I just like, I was so unsure of how to go forward from there. Like, how do you start a business? How do you, how do we start getting clients? How do I like do any of that? So I could definitely, we could talk more about that part (laughs) of it. Cause that was, I think where my real struggle was. Yeah. Cause it sounds like once you realized that you needed the help, you were willing enough to get it. Absolutely. I was, I was very committed to that. And I think the the other thing was like, I went to a few different therapists, like, and one who was just like, yeah, you have generalized anxiety disorder and OCD and like, oh yeah, yeah that sounds bad. And like, she was not very, <laughs> very supportive or like, I, I felt awful after I saw her. It was just like, okay, this is like, I, I can't do this. And it, really scared me again but then I ended up going to another therapist who was just like the most like bright and light and 
kind hearted women. Like I was just like, okay, I love you. I can do this. Like, (laughs) you know, so I feel like that's like such an important thing too, is like finding people and it doesn't necessarily just have to be for therapy, whether it's like you want to hire anyone or you want to, you know, like surround yourself with people that you really like and that make you feel good. And it's like, there's enough people on this planet that that we can do that. Of course, we're going to find people we don't love (laughs) or we love them, but we don't jive with. But the more we can like find, find those that make us feel good. It's like, you know, enjoy that. <laughs> you find them, you cling on to them, and you tell everybody about them. So, hi, my name's JD. This is Meg. She's my nutritionist. Uh, and now she's all of your nutritionists. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Uh, this, no, it's so I, true. The very first, or one of my very first therapy experiences, I, like, told him my story. And he was like, wow, your life sounds like a soap opera. Oh man. And I didn't go back to therapy for years. (laughs) Literally. I was a teenager (laughs) at that point too. I was like, oh, so therapy's a a joke? What is what is this? (laughs) Totally, totally. I know. I know. That's that's so tough. I'm sorry you had to go through that. (laughs) I'm glad that I did because it's it's really taught me a lot of things. And I'm so glad that you brought up the point that we can look around for things because now more than ever you can find the people that will serve you best if you're okay with not being face to face with the person that you're working with find someone like you can spend one to two sessions with therapist and be like hey no I am not not working with this absolutely no it's very very good point so you said the more difficult part was actually getting the business off the road. So once you went to nutrition school, was it just a clear road of, okay, well, I'm going to have to go into business for myself? Did you think about other avenues, like working with other people's private practices or... Yeah. So after I finished school, I went traveling for a bit. So that was like a really, I was, I was kind of just like living in that mode where I was like, Hey, school traveling, then I'm going to figure it out, you know? And so I had a great time traveling. Um, and then I got home and I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Here we go. Like <laughs> it's, it's time. And again, that's like, and too, like, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but like with transitions, like anytime a transition comes up, that's where like things hit the fan and you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And so, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of where I was. And I, yeah, I got home from traveling and I went back to um, my parents' house for the summer and I had a great summer. And then it was like, come August and I was getting ready to move back to BC. And at this point I had um, been dating my, my partner, now my fiance, <laughs> Luke, um, for, you know, like a year. Uh, and then I went traveling and then I like came back and I was like, okay, I'm ready to move back to BC, like be with Luke and like start my business. But like, it was, it was like one of the, the, again, like where you just like, I felt like all my anxiety coming back and like, you know, you do all the work and stuff and you like every time, you know, it comes back, it's like a little bit easier, but like, sometimes you can, you can feel like you take 10 steps forward and like nine steps back, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, and I felt like that a lot too, because I just like, um, at the core of it so much for me was just like not believing in myself and not trusting myself, not loving myself, like, you know, and, and you were always working on that. And I think, um, like launching a business or just like getting into your field of work is like, and I'm sure like you've probably had similar experience with launching the podcast where it's like, you're really putting like a lot on the line and it, yeah, it was really tough. So anyways, I, I moved back to BC and, um, I, I did have a lot of 
kind of or a couple cool opportunities come up where I think these were major gifts from the universe. And like, I don't want to say that I like didn't deserve them. I definitely did, but I felt like I was so afraid. Like, I don't know how that they showed up. Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, like I, I was just so, so scared, but my best friend now, we, she went to nutrition school with me. Um, and she started working at some, uh, like retreats. Mm-hmm. And so we did the, the cooking for them. And so that was like a cool foot in the door. And then I actually met a woman there who knew a woman that was starting a wellness clinic. And she was like, Oh, like, you've got to talk to my friend. Like she started this wellness clinic. You'd be a perfect nutritionist for it. So I got, I ended up getting like hired at the wellness clinic and I worked there for about a year and a half, two years. And that was great because it was like a stepping stone and I was kind of like, you know, getting ready. But, um, before that all happened, like I was just like, so paralyzed by my like fear of like stepping into the space. And it was interesting because like at that time too, like I was like doubting my relationship. Luke and I had like a mini breakup <laughs> where we just like, you know, like, a, yeah, exactly. But I was just like, I like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like maybe I'll move back to Toronto. And he's kind of like, what, like this, this, you got to figure your stuff out. And I was like, I, I just don't know. Like you're really, really afraid and stuff. And so again, that was felt like a, a pretty like rock bottom moment where like, I just, I didn't know. And like, I, I think for anyone who struggles with like doubt, I feel you, I've really struggled with that a lot in my life. And I think it's like reminding ourselves it's okay to like, not know and to doubt and to be afraid. But like, at the same time, I think the most important thing is just being okay with that. And for me, I was like, not okay with the unknown. And that like, was what kind of caused all of these like fears and like, you know, um, sort of not so great moments in my life to happen because I was just like, I was not okay with not knowing my future or how things are going to work out. And like, what, how I was going to start, like get into the field of work and, and things like that. So. I think as I'm psychoanalyzing this here in the background for my own part, cause I absolutely identify with what you just said. I think part of it is like we grow up and we so often see that that is in the hands of other people, whether it be our parents, the powers that be, whomever else. And then we become adults and we're like, oh, okay. So everything is on my own capability and flexibility. Oh, so whenever change happens, we're like, oh, uh, this is all on me. Hey, okay. Yes. It's so true. Yeah. And I feel like too, and today in the world with social media, like we see all of these people like that are like thriving in their businesses Mm -hmm. and they're just like, and it like looks so easy. And like, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's really hard to portray the struggle on social media. I think so. It's like, I'm not blaming anyone for, for having that. I'm I'm guilty of it too, where it's like, like, how do you show that? And we, we could try to be as authentic as possible, but I think there's just like the truth of it where it's like, we are so quick to like see other people and be like, how come they have it all figured out? And like, they're rocking it. And it's like, they're like for every single person, like, like, you know, I now know and understand, like, there's always like a backstory and there's always, people always struggle and they always have to find their way. And like, some people find it faster than others, but like, that doesn't make it better or worse. And Mm -hmm. it's like, the universe is like, you know, guiding us. And sometimes like, we have to go through these like really hard rock bottom crying on the yoga mat experiences to bring us to where we need to be. And like, that's like kind of been, been my biggest learning through all of my very anxious times and very self-doubting times. It's like, it's beautiful because it 
it teaches you so much. And it like, I mean, I guess that sounds a little cliche, but it's like, it's really true. Hindsight is amazing. (laughs) And you realize like, wow, I was being taught a lot of things and now I know. (laughs) Exactly. And that's something I kind of touched on on last week's episode of the podcast is that fact exactly is going through the hardships and like, Thankfully, now both you and I are here and able to tell other people about what we experience so that other people maybe don't have to feel as ill at ease, or at least maybe they'll learn some of the lessons a little sooner. Because it's not that we didn't always have this knowledge. It's the fact that we didn't always see other people living it out. Yes. So often we we hear the lip service and we don't necessarily see these ideals lived out. So we don't even know what it would look like for us to live the way that people are telling us that we should be living. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Really good point. We have talked about so many good things this episode. I would love if you could do just kind of a quick little recap for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So to recap things, I would say that, you know, through my crying on the yoga mat experiences, there's definitely been one take home message, which is just the idea of self-love and self-nourishment and just like trusting ourselves, trusting the universe, knowing things are going to work out. And the more that we can truly believe that, um, the the sweeter life is really, you know, in, in simple words. And so I think, um, yeah, I know I definitely still have lots of lessons to learn and, and things to, to figure out in this world and, and explore and discover and, you know, challenge myself and all of that. But I think, yeah, if, if there's a message that I could share with everyone, it's no matter where you're at, whether you're struggling in any sorts of way, um, just know that, that you really do have the power within you to, to work through it. And that the more you can like love yourself through the process and, and, um, yeah, just, just show up as your own best friend, the better it's, it's all going to be. And, and, uh, you got this, you know, and, and whatever, whatever is calling your name in this world, it's, it's calling you for a reason and and to trust it and and go for it. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. And the, the mention of nourishment is so, so, so important, especially self-nourishment, because a lot of us can be like, oh, I get my nourishment from outside things and no nourishment begins and like stays within and it's easy to hear nutritionists say nourishment and be like oh yeah I'll, I'll start eating better but you definitely know that nourishment involves so many different aspects of ourselves and it's such a journey to find out what actually nourishes us Yes, it's so true. I love that you brought that up or, or kind of expanded on that because the other day I actually wrote it in one of my email to my mailing list. And I, I just had this realization where I was like, wow, I feel like one of the collective messages that so many of us have kind of gotten through the past two years of the pandemic is like, um, you know, obviously there's so many hard things going on right now, um, for so many people, but like, I think, I think a big takeaway message for me is like, I need to make my, um, my happiness and my nourishment or whatever it is like an inside job and it's like we can't wait for all the external things and like same with like you know like my business or whatever it might be the thing that we're waiting to like blossom and take off it's like it's got to come like from within and like we've got to like make that happen within us first before like 
or you know to to really make it work and and just trust that like that inner nourishment is like what what then feeds the external you know yeah absolutely because we can't man, we really can't engage externally with things that we haven't a little bit engaged with internally so true uh so good how can we support you how can we follow you give us all the details Yes, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at Meg, M-E-G, D-E-J-O-N-G, dot nutrition, which I'm sure you'll link in the show notes, so I don't need to worry about that. Um, So yeah, that's my Instagram. And then you can find my website, which I have tons of gut, loving, anxiety, easing recipes on it. Lots of whole food, delicious recipes. Um, that's just megdmnutrition.com. Um, and I do have a one-on-one coaching program. So I have a specific uh, program for people who are struggling with anxiety. So it's all focused around um, nutrition for our anxiety through supporting our gut health, our hormones, our blood sugars, um, and that other kind of nourishment you were talking about where it's really getting into to some of that other deeper stuff. Um, then I also have a th- thriving protocol, which is for people who are struggling with other areas, maybe not anxiety, but um, yeah, other other parts of their health. And they're really looking to, to dive into that. So those are my two main offerings. And actually, I haven't announced this yet, but I figured why not share it here? <laughs> um, I know. Um, so I am launching a online course. Um that's going to be launched on January 25th and it's a specific eat to ease anxiety online course. So a great little bit more of an accessible option for people who, um, you know, don't, don't have the space in their budget to do like a one-on-one offering. Um, so that's launched launching January 25th. So you can stay, stay tuned for that one as well. Oh, and I should mention this month for my one-on-one programs, I have a really cool a special offering. I teamed up with a friend who um, sells doTERRA essential oils. And so I'm gifting everyone a free peace roller doTERRA essential oil and an extra mindset session. So really to, to kind of like dive into to some of the more of the mindset stuff. So that's for my one-on-one clients Amazing. for this month. Amazing. Yeah. So that's January, 2022. If anyone is listening in the future, if you're listening right now, get on it. I did one-on-one with Meg and we definitely went over the anxiety stuff and it was very helpful. And since it's the new year, I'm definitely bringing more of that back into our household because the holiday season had us slip in. <laughs> As it does for everyone. Yeah, I think we just, we all got to accept that and, and know it's okay. It's a different form of nourishment. There we go. Exactly. It's a beautiful way to look at it. It's all about the reframe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's all about the reframe. And before we go into a whole nother episode on reframing... <laughs> I will let you go. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. I adore you more than words can say, which you already know, but I'm going to let everybody else know. Thank you, JD. And the feeling is so mutual. And like I said, just such a pleasure to like watch this podcast like bloom and it's really cool to be a part of it. So thank you. And I wish you guys all the best for 2022. That's super exciting. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at crying on my yoga mat so I can see what you're learning and loving about the show. Until next time.